Yep, yep, yep. Hey, first name, we're phasing that out at 10 seconds and not 15 seconds. Remember, that's the rule. We, a, we love this song. We love Grizz. We love the Good Times Roll. We have heard it a lot in uh, the life of the brief life of this podcast. Welcome to this, the Red Bulletin Podcast. I'm your host, Andreas Georges. We got another preview podcast coming at you. This is where we uh, dive down into an anecdote, into a world, into a person um, that helps provide some context for a guest that we got coming up next week. Um, in next week's podcast, we're talking to an ultra runner. And if you don't know what ultra running is, uh, take your average marathon and multiply it by 3.8. It's about 100 miles of running. It's not about. It's 100 miles of running, although there's different levels. We'll get into that in a second. It's nonstop, and it is, believe it or not, a growing sport. There are competitions around the world in picturesque locations like Mount Fuji in Japan and Zermatt in Switzerland. Uh, There are races of 50K, of 100K, uh, 50 miles, and 100 miles. But there is one granddaddy race of them all, and it's called the Western States 100. And it exists because of a failed romance, a dishonest man, and a horse that came up lame. There's a a Hindu saying that the most glorious lotus flower will grow out of a dung heap. And that's exactly what happened with the Western States. That's Gordy Ansley. He is what many might consider the godfather of ultra running. He's on the internet, so associate producer Ryan the Turbo Thurban dragged him down and talked to him, and he is a riot. He is the archetype of the drug-experimenting, Vietnam War-protesting, free-love hippie era of the 1960s and 70s. Gordy grew up in Auburn, California, about halfway between uh, San Francisco and Lake Tahoe. It's basically just at the beginning of the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. It's a pretty town in a very beautiful setting, and it breeds a lot of horse people. Uh, Long riding competitions were apparently a massive thing in the 1970s. In fact, the Western states started as a competition because uh, one man, a man named Wendell Robbie, uh, wanted to prove that man and horse could still cover 100 miles in one day. So it was basically a 24-hour race for horses. Um, it was renamed the Tevis Cup at one point, and it started at the base of the Squaw Valley Ski Resort, uh, which once hosted the Olympic, Olympics, I, I believe. And it wound its way up and through canyons, down canyons, across the flatlands, eventually ending up in Auburn. Um, in the early 1970s, uh, Gordy competed a few times on a horse he got while he was a student at UC Santa Barbara. Now, this was before he got kicked out for, you know, kind of a mixture of, a, you know, Vietnam War protesting ar- arrests, um, a couple of incompletes on his finals because that horse that he got um, actually kicked him in the head, knocked him unconscious for about half an hour, and he couldn't really remember anything. So anyway, the, basically a case had built up uh, that Gordy should no longer be at UC Santa Barbara. He eventually got kicked out. But this all this, he got this horse before, but it really isn't about the horse. The horse is part of the story, but it begins with a girl, as as so many things in Gordy's life do. She and I met, and, and uh, she invited me to her birthday party, and I, I remember looking at her the first time and thinking, 
well, she sure is cute, but she's like 16, you know, I ruled her out. So when she invited me to her birthday party, I said, so how old are you going to be? And I thought that I was going to hear, you know, 17 or something. She says, I think she said 21. So I, I got this whole new attitude toward her. A surfer girl from Southern California, to be specific, with whom he had planned to build a life. So much so that he gave her this horse. They have this summer romance. Um, it turns very serious, and then it turns sour. And she leaves him for another guy, a guy with a stable. And then she eventually leaves that guy because, well, he's married and, like, she couldn't really live in... Anyway, it, it's complicated. The important fact here is that that horse, Gordy's horse, is gone along with her. And this is right before the 1973 Tevis Cup. So Gordy buys a horse from a guy he considered at the time his best friend, and he competes. And at mile 29, the horse pulls up lame. It's one specific leg that, that, that has this injury. And the vet's assistant that's treating this horse lets slip that it was the same leg the horse suffered an injury on the year before when his friend was competing with her. So basically, we have, we have the Western States in the sport of trail ultra running because of Gordy choosing for his best friend, a fellow who was so morally bankrupt, that he sold Gordy a horse that he knew would go lame with the statement that she was totally sound. A runner at Colfax High School, he had trained to be a long-distance runner with a guy named Pete Hampton, who at the time was one of the fastest 50-mile runners in the country. So he had experience, you know. Uh, he had toyed also with the idea of running part of the Western States Trail. And this is where the organizers came in because they had observed Gordy in the last couple of competitions. Uh, organizers were, were the aforementioned Wendell T. Robbie and uh, Drusilla Barner. And they told him that they no noticed that during the horse race, he spent more time on his feet than on his horse. He'd lead the horse down a hill, and then he'd let him drag, uh, let that horse drag him uphill by the tail, which, like, I'm trying to imagine how you don't get kicked in that move. You have to really have, like, an amazing connection with your horse. So he decided, okay, you know what? The organizers are into this. I've toyed with this idea anyway. Let me run it. In 1974, he became the first person to compete on foot without a horse. And it was really, really hard. The races always run in late June, and the temperature that year topped out at 107 degrees Fahrenheit. A forest fire the year before had left the ground filled with charcoal, bereft of any kind of vegetation or trees, or just dark, sooty soil. The road was shimmering, and his head was baking. He was dehydrated. He was hypo, hypoglycemic. Uh, he had stashed a quart of Gatorade every few miles, uh, but he severely underestimated how much more uh, nutrition, how much more hydration he really needed. He came to a point in the trail where a friend was having trouble with his horse in the canyon and asked Gordy to help. And from what Gordy saw, it wasn't going to end well for the horse. So I was, at that point, I got scared. It never occurred to me I was taking a chance with my life. Uh, but it did then, because I realized if the horses were dying, you know, I was much less genetically adapted to the task than the horses were. So I, uh, on my way up, I decided I was going to quit. 
because I, I didn't want to take a chance with my life. But then he decided to just kind of keep going a little bit longer. And he got to the top of the hill and he met some friends and they, they told him to take a break in the shade. And, you know, he, he was dehydrated. He wasn't really aware of that. So they gave him some salt tablets. And then I thought, well, what can I do? And I just came up with the answer. I can still put one foot in front of the other. That's it. So I just decided to put one foot in front of the other until I could no longer put one foot in front of the other. That was my decision. And so that's what he did. Uh, the salt tablets did the trick. He, he felt energized like within the next half hour. He ended up finishing the race, the 24-hour race, with 18 minutes to spare. The first human to have done so without the assistance of a horse, I should say. Two years later, uh, a friend of his, a man named Cowman, right? Cow, something like that, uh, did as well uh, with Gordy pacing him. And this was important because it proved that Gordy wasn't this crazy freak of nature. By 1977, there were 14 runners at the start of the Western States 100 and three finishers. In 1978, that number was 63 starters and 30 finishers. And it's kept ballooning ever since. And accompanying them is the race throughout, since the very beginning, has been the race's medical doctor, Bob Lind. And Bob Lind is important because he's kept meticulous data on the race ever since that has really helped further the sport's understanding and research into hydration and refueling. That kind of research helped a great deal because the times have just gotten more and more amazing. If you think of that, you know, 23-hour, 42-minute finish in 1974. In 2012, Timothy Olsen was the first to run a sub-15-hour race in 14 hours, 46 minutes and 44 seconds. And that same year in the women's field, Ellie Greenwood beat an 18-year-old course record with a time of 16 hours, 47 minutes and 19 seconds. As for Gordy, though he's now 68, he still runs long distances and competed at last year's Western States, though he hasn't finished a Western States since, since 2007. Still, he's been out in the game of ultra running longer than almost anyone. I think we're all, we're all on this earth to do something that nobody else can do. And if we don't do it, it won't get done. But I think the tragedy is an awful lot of people don't find out what they're here to do. But I have, and, and it's, it's wonderful. And he attributes that to, to one simple rule. He just doesn't run two days in a row. He, he allows his body to rest and recover. And, of course, he's seen as an oracle to uh, a lot of first-time runners of the Western states who come up to him for advice. And his advice is quite simple. Uh, you walk up the hills, and you run down the hills and run the flats, and then you should be absolutely fine. You should be able to do it in 24 hours. It's amazing to be going along that far into a race and feel good. And, uh, you know, if people understood how good that felt, they'd almost kill themselves to get that experience. It's, it's that good. Special shout out this week to, uh, to Turbo for his research, for uh, the lovely two and a half hour conversation he had with Gordy Ansley. Uh, thank you very much to Gordy. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time when we welcome ultra runner Dylan Bowman to the podcast.